Ever wonder what it's like living in a house full of cats? Me either, until I recently found myself with eight permanent cat residents and occasional foster cats. I'm Sabrina Lee, and I'm a self-proclaimed crazy cat lady. I am not a cat expert and offer no advice to others. Anything I share is from my own experiences, unless otherwise credited. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. On each episode of Whole Bunch of Cats, I'll be sharing stories about life with so many cats. You can also see adventures with current residents on TikTok and Instagram at Whole Bunch of Cats. Twitter is Whole Bunch of Cat because adding the S made the handle too long. And now, without further ado, let me tell you a cat story. Sick Kitty Bamboo and Yoda came to live with us at a time when we already had six cats. I wasn't thrilled with taking in two more, but the kids wanted them to have a good home since they'd lived at the kids' dads for so long. Of course, the kids loved them, and the oldest had agreed that once she graduated college the next year, she'd take them with her when she moved out of our house. Bamboo and Yoda are orange tabby cats who remind me of the cartoon cat Garfield. They're both overweight, but Yoda is much bigger than Bamboo. So when I took Yoda to the vet for the first time, I felt I needed to explain to anyone I came in contact with that he came to me this way. He weighed in at 18 pounds, and we got a lot of looks and comments on his size. While I normally don't care what people think, I wanted to make sure everyone knew that I was a good cat owner, I guess. I did relay to Skylar, my youngest, my need to justify the weight of Yoda to the vet. And Skylar said, yeah, it's embarrassing. We take care of them and his weight looks like we don't. Even though I might not have been thrilled with Yoda moving in, I've fallen so in love with him. I didn't realize it until the day he got sick, like really sick. The first thing I noticed was he'd gag. Only nothing would come up. He also stopped eating and drinking, and he wasn't using the litter box. I don't mean he'd go outside of it. I mean, he wasn't going at all. With all the commotion and changes, we hadn't yet established a veterinarian. I mean, we have a vet. I just hadn't taken Yoda yet. Plus, like I said, I was kind of embarrassed about his size, and I was really afraid of what they'd find. He's so big. I can't afford insulin or any other meds. For a chronic condition. I tend not to seek medical treatment as much as possible. Usually, I can figure out what's wrong with myself, with one of my kids, or even a cat just by listening to them and observing their symptoms. Typically, most ailments go away within a day or two. So when Yoda first started making gagging noises, I it off as a hairball. I even reached out on social media for home remedies. People were great and offered lots of suggestions. Sadly, nothing worked. We tried hairball gel, massaging his tummy, canned tuna, and monitoring his food and water intake, as well as his bathroom behavior. I noticed that first day that he wasn't eating or drinking. I was getting concerned, and the next day he was worse. He was lethargic, barely moving, hacking, gagging constantly. He couldn't get comfortable. He couldn't sleep. So I called our vet, but since we hadn't established care with Yoda... They couldn't see him until next week. Staffing shortages are everywhere, including vet offices. Made the decision that he needed help immediately. I'd read on Google that a blockage could cause death in a cat if not treated. 
My son, Jaden, drove Yoda and I to the vet hospital or the vet ER. I don't know what the appropriate name would be, but it's a 24-hour emergency vet clinic. As I've said, Yoda is big. So big, in fact, he won't fit in our normal size cat carrier. He probably would have fit in the two we had a week ago, the two we never used. My dad used to say, the longer you've had something, the sooner you'll need it once you get rid of it. Prior to Yoda getting sick, we'd had two adult foster cats that we were helping gain weight and be more social before they got adopted. They'd been with us six weeks, and the week before, the shelter reached out saying the fosters had potential adopters. We did the meet and greet virtually, which meant we didn't have to take cats to the shelter for a trade-off. The cats were pretty skittish about getting into the crates that I was afraid during the handoff they'd run away or claw the new owners or some other catastrophe that would hinder the adoption. So in the moment, I decided to just keep the cats in the bigger crates and give the crates to the new family. We hadn't needed those crates for years, and I really didn't think we'd need them immediately. I also thought we had plenty of crates still at home. And we do actually still have two more, but they're not big enough for Yoda. So on our way to the hospital with Yoda on my lap, I realize we can't just walk in with him. He has zero energy, but for the safety of the other animals, he should be crated. Jaden and I consider just stuffing him into the crate. We even brought it just in case the vet said he couldn't come into the clinic without being in one. Thankfully, this wasn't necessary. When we got to the hospital, Jaden went inside to explain that our cat is having a health crisis and he's too fat for a carrier. So my mom is waiting in the car with him on her lap. The receptionist asked Jaden what was going on, and when he said Yoda hadn't peed in two days, she said, go get him. That's an emergency. A vet tech met us at the door and took him to the back to examine him. They put us in a room to wait. After several minutes, the vet came in to let us know he didn't think it was his bladder, which was a good sign. I didn't think it was his bladder either, though. I thought it was a blockage. I was still thinking it was a hairball, but due to his massive weight, I thought for sure something was stuck. However, the battery of tests would be $1,300 at the hospital. They gave him some IV fluids and anti-nausea meds. Vet also recommended cans of tuna and isolation so we can monitor if he's using the litter box. This would also keep the other cats out of his food and him out of the other cat's food. He suggested to wait a few days, and if Yoda didn't get better, to call our vet and hopefully get some antibiotics. As we were leaving, I made a comment to the gal checking us out that Yoda is a super fat cat. Super fat? Yes. As the tech brought him out to us, her arms were covering his body. The receptionist said, oh, he's not that big. By then, all the gals at the front had gathered around to see his massiveness. The tech moved her arms and laughed. What big guy. The ride home was hopeful. He was roaming around the car. The meds had given him a boost. The relief was short-lived. He started throwing up again later that night, and he still wasn't eating or pooping. The next morning, I went to Jaden's room to check on him. He was under the bed, drool dripping out of his mouth. It looked like he'd peed, but still not pooped. At this point, I'd Googled what could be wrong, and with zero vet training, I determined... He had a massive blockage, and we wouldn't be able to afford surgery. Drama much? You don't do well with medical things. My mind goes to worst-case scenario. So I text the kids, letting them know he's really bad, and I wasn't sure if he was going to be okay. My youngest, Skylar, 
who works at a vet clinic, reached out to their boss and asked if they could possibly squeeze in Yoda. They did. On the way to the vet, Yoda didn't try to move from my lap. When we pulled up to the clinic, Jaden and I took Yoda in, still no carrier, wrapped in a blanket. They put us in a room and started the exam. The vet tech responded, man, that's a big cat. Of course, I made it known that he did not get this way in my care. When we got home, I told the kids, I'm not sure why it's so important to me for people to know I'm not responsible for his size. I still think it's because we have so many cats and they get very good care. It's not that we're irresponsible, like I said, and like I keep telling everyone, he was given to us like this. Skylar, of course, feels the same way, especially since they work at the vet clinic. Anyway, the doctor came in, they weighed Yoda, he weighed in at 18 pounds, and he had a fever of over 103. Poor baby. The vet recommended an x-ray. Funny enough, hmm, it's much cheaper at a vet than at a vet hospital. So we said yes, please. They kept him for the afternoon. Around 4 o'clock, Skylar called from work. The x-ray showed no blockage of any kind. What a relief. It did, however, reveal swollen intestines. All that gasping Yoda's been doing is burping. He has gas. Poor guy. His eyes have started weeping and he's sneezing. Antibiotics will get rid of the infection and he's going to be fine. They also confirmed that while he's obese, his weight hasn't negatively affected his health. If we can help him take the weight off, he should live a long, long time. I told Skylar to let the vet start the treatment, which included intravenous antibiotics as well as more anti-nausea medicine. Skylar was able to bring Yoda home after work. He started back in Jaden's room, but I decided to move him up with me. It's a lot brighter in my room, and I can hang out with him all day. We immediately gave him water and some tuna. This time, he ate it all. Later that night, Skylar showed me how to shove a syringe with two units of pink antibiotics into his mouth and how to put some medicine in his ear to help him smell. Huh? Yep, it's an ointment that gets rubbed in one ear to help his nose work. I'm not really sure how that works, but I do know once we started doing that, Yoda started eating again. That night, he slept in my room. He only sneezed a couple of times. He ate more tuna throughout the day and had officially turned a corner. There's an expression that I've heard many times, curiosity killed the cat. And while that may be true, I believe there's a follow-up to that expression. I don't know if there is actually a follow-up to it or if I read it in a book, but the follow-up, the end of that expression is something like satisfaction brought it back, right? Curiosity killed the cat, satisfaction brought it back. My point is, Having eight cats and occasional fosters, I get a lot of questions about the logistics of the cats, dealing with so many cats, things of that nature. So what I want to do is take some time at the end of each podcast to answer any questions that listeners may have. If you have a question, something that you've been wondering about, please email me at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com. You can also reach out through social media, And all links to any social media platforms can be found at www.wholebunchofcats.com. And now, the question from you. One question I get asked a lot by my friends are, where do you come up with your ideas for stories? Honestly, I just write down what happens each day. Let me share with you a story about one of 
the cat's new favorite treats as an example of what I'm talking about. This happened right after the story that you just heard about Yoda being sick and then his treatment and how we hope get him better and up to 100% and what we discovered during that process. Plain, non-flavorful tuna. Who knew? Who knew that cats would absolutely love boring, plain, stinky tuna? I did not. There was a time when Yoda, my super fat orange tabby, got pretty sick Thankfully, his condition could be treated with antibiotics. During his recovery, he had to be isolated so we could monitor his bathroom use and keep him from eating any food besides plain canned tuna. We bought several cans at the store and started feeding him. Poor guy. For a day, I thought he just wanted his regular cat food because he'd walk over to the tuna, look at it, and walk away. I'd never fed the cat's tuna before, so I assumed he didn't like it. Since he had to have a bland diet, though, it was that or nothing. For a while, he chose nothing. But then, medicine kicked in, and he couldn't get enough of it. So Yoda was confined to my room. He had water and two cans of tuna each day, one in the morning and one at night. And I started throwing the empty cans into the trash can in my room. At this point, no other cat had been allowed in the room. And as far as I knew, none of them had ever smelled let alone eaten tuna. Most of our cats are all rescues, so perhaps sometime long ago they were exposed to it, but since they've lived here, there's been no tuna. No offense to tuna lovers, but it's one of those foods that we just don't have. As a matter of fact, only since Yoda had a tuna diet did I even know my kids love it with crackers. Huh. Cheap, easy snack. We definitely need to stock up. As Yoda got better, he got some freedom. He was able to leave the room. We'd go outside on the deck for fresh air, still not allowed to have his normal food, so only in my room when we're inside. My door was kept shut all the time to keep other cats out. It wasn't that I thought they'd get sick or eat the tuna, because at this point, I didn't even know they liked tuna. It was more about not wanting to corral them out while keeping Yoda in. Yoda is a very large cat. And he doesn't move terribly fast. However, the other cats are small and sneaky. They know they're not supposed to be in a room. They'll wait for an opportunity, zoom in, and scamper under the bed. Trying to remove cats from under the bed is an impossible task unless offering treats. I'd say Sushi the Siamese cat and Birdie the ginger tabby have me trained well. For the most part, the cats are allowed in my room. However, before bed, I don't want them in there. They get zoomies around 4 a.m., and I definitely do not appreciate being woken up by their ruckus. So most nights, when I head to my room, Sushi and Birdie rush in ahead of me. Then I pivot to the kitchen to shake the bag of treats, and out of my room they come. I've learned to throw the treats away from the bedroom door and rush into the bedroom, quickly shutting the door while they're gobbling up the goodies. This plan works well during normal circumstances. Having a sick, fat, isolated cat is not normal. Also, when the small cats were able to maneuver their way into my room, they went straight for the tuna. Since the tuna bowl was in the middle of the floor, it actually was a lot easier to scoop them up and move them out. This battle went on for about a week. Then Yoda got better and his isolation ended. Since he was better, 
He didn't need tuna anymore either. I should also mention that on one occasion, before Yoda's isolation was completely over, I did let him out of the bedroom to get some movement. And then, since it was close to his dinner, I opened the tuna can in the kitchen, poured it into a bowl to take into the bedroom, and threw the empty can of tuna in the kitchen trash. I didn't think anything else about it. As I got up the next day, I heard a loud boom in the kitchen and went to investigate. Passing the kitchen trash, I saw the lid had been knocked off the trash can, and under the kitchen table was sushi with the empty can of tuna. She was licking the sides and bottom completely clean. I got the can and put it back in the trash. The can was empty, so I thought she'd leave it be. She did not. Several hours later, there she was with the tuna can on the floor and my youngest, Skylar, saying, Did you see what she has? Again. I thought it was funny and threw the can away, taking the trash bag out to the garage, where we keep our trash in a dumpster until trash day. Yoda eventually got out of my room, which meant the others had access again. Now why I didn't learn from the kitchen trash tuna can escapades of sushi, I cannot say. All I can say is... I did not. So, everyone is happy and healthy. Yoda's out for the first full day, and bang, something happened in the bedroom. I go in, see the trash can turned over, cans of tuna, along with all the rest of the trash, strewn all over the bedroom floor. The tuna cans are completely empty. Okay, no worries. Put the trash can back upright. Put the trash, including the cans, back in the trash can, and think nothing of it. Now I know what you're thinking. And as I'm telling this story, I'm thinking the same thing. Why in the world didn't I just take the trash out to the garage? One reason could have been the dumpster we take to the curb on trash day was full of pulled carpet. As we were redoing the floors at the time, so I didn't want to add another bag of trash. The trash man will take whatever's in the dumpster, but not what's on the ground around it. So I was thinking about that. That's probably doubtful. I think the real reason I didn't take the trash out is because I was doing something else and thought, oh, I'll get to it in a minute, and promptly forgot. I set the trash can up and went back to what I was doing. Then, a few minutes later, bang. Again, the trash is knocked over. There's the same cans and trash everywhere, and the cats are staring at me like, hey, what you gonna do now? Let me just say, it took exactly four times for me to do anything different. Guess I thought they'd stop since there was no more tuna left in the trash. Like, none. They licked each can completely clean. Obviously, I was wrong. And it became more about the idea than the actual tuna. For them, I suppose. The next morning, when I was doing my daily chores, which included cleaning the litter boxes, I finally remembered to grab the bedroom trash to take out to the garage to await trash day. There's no more tuna. No more trash. Not even a liner back in the trash can yet. Silly me thinks, no more trash can escapades. Like, why would these cats still be dumping over the trash can in my room? Honestly, I don't know. But when I went back to my room to add a liner to the empty trash can, there sat Birdie and Sushi next to the turned over empty trash can with a look of contempt in their eyes. I know they're plotting something. Because how dare I throw away all traces of the tuna and ruin their hilarious game making me clean up trash they scatter everywhere. And so now I wait for their next attempt of total house domination. And now 
the weekly letter I write to my eldest, Grayson, as she's away at school and missing all the cats. Dear Grayson, another week of adventure here at the Lees with all the cats. Currently, with the three foster kittens, we're at 11 cats under one roof. Those foster kittens are growing, though, and will be ready for adoption by Thanksgiving. They're curious and busy into everything. They finally stopped pooping everywhere and have learned to use a litter box. Wish they'd learned to bury their business, but at least I'm no longer scrubbing the floor. Had to throw away the tent they'd been sleeping in. The rascals scratched a hole in the side and were able to escape no sooner than I'd gotten them into it. This means they're free to be on my bed at night. One likes to sleep at my head, one on my side, and the other at my feet. They've imprinted on me, and it's the sweetest thing ever. They follow me around and snuggle with me when I'm in my room. Did I ever tell you the story about when I was in high school and each student in advanced biology got a chick from an egg that we hatched in class? The experiment was to spend so much time with the chick that it would think you were its mother. So the year I had the class, I was so excited. I went and bought a kiddie pool for the chick to play as it grew, which makes me think maybe it was a duckling that hatched. Oh, who knows? What I do remember is that the incubator broke and only a handful of kids got a chick. Being who I am, I was not selected and it broke my heart. Watching all the chicks hang out with their moms and I didn't get one. Well, now I have three kittens who are way cuter than any chick. Ha, seriously. I'm not bitter. Anyway, at least the kittens are quiet and sleep through the night. We still don't have names for them. I suppose we should decide on what to call them before they hit two pounds and return to the shelter for adoption. We will not be foster failing. Could you imagine 11 cats here permanently? It's so funny to think that when Sushi came to live with us, she was the same size as the kittens. There's some old pictures of her taking up hardly any space on her hammock. Now, she won't even fit. Her legs hang off and she can't possibly be comfortable. Speaking of sushi, she's decided to form an alliance with the ball cat's bamboo, who, as you know, is the bulliest of all eight. You know the saying, though, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So now, bamboo and sushi basically push around all the other cats, eating first, taking the best places to sleep, forcing the other cats out of their space. In order to combat the sushi bamboo team, Lila and Scarlet have started their own alliance. Lila will intentionally pick a fight with Bamboo and Sushi, then call for Scarlet as she taps out. No one is the winner, as I'm always hollering at them to stop. I'm not sure when Sushi became so forceful. I think she got tired of being pushed around. Regardless, their shenanigans are noisy, especially at night. And now that we've got the Christmas decorations up, I'm finding something knocked over every morning. Another strange development is Willow's new interest in Bamboo. Instead of running away from him, Willow has started following him around. Bamboo is annoyed and bats at Willow, but Willow meows back and continues following him, whether he's coming inside or going outside. It's a weird relationship. Right before we put up the Christmas decorations, Jaden and I spent the weekend redoing the living room floor. We got rid of the carpet and laid down hardwood. Lila and Scarlet are loving how fun it is to slide across the floor. Lila has moved beyond hair ties to playing fetch with actual toys. Her favorite is a small bird. 
It's fun to watch the old ladies behaving like kittens. Oh, the ghosts are back. This morning, one of them was playing with Yoda downstairs. She was telling him how handsome he was. Sushi was at the top of the stairs looking down, and Lila was on the chair looking over the steps to see who was talking to Yoda. When I first came out of my room this morning, I heard what I thought was wind blowing. But as I listened, it was inside the house. A woman's voice, very calm and soothing, was talking to one of the cats downstairs, who I later discovered was Yoda. As I came out of my room, heard the voice and saw the cats at the top of the stairs, I walked over to the stairs asking Sushi and Lila, Hey, what do you guys see? Then Yoda strolled upstairs looking pleased as punch. I'll let you know if there's any other weirdness going on. Today was the first ghost incident in quite a while. And when I told Skylar, they said, Mom, are you sure you're not hearing things? Yeah, regardless, I find it interesting that we've lived here 20 years and the ghosts only show up every couple. Anyway, that's what's going on around here. Can't wait to see you over Thanksgiving. Make good choices. Love, Mom. I hope you enjoyed getting to know my cats a little bit better. Remember, the things I share are my own experiences, unless credited otherwise. I do not offer advice or guarantee results. I am not a professional. I just happen to have a whole bunch of cats, and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. For continued updates on the cats, please follow their Instagram or TikTok pages at A Whole Bunch of Cats, or check out the website, WholeBunchOfCats.com. You can also email me at WholeBunchOfCats at gmail.com if you have a story you'd like to share. And finally, if you enjoy hearing about the cats, please leave a review for this podcast. Thanks for listening and have a terrific day.